Live from the entertainment capital of the world, you're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Friends, welcome to the program. All right, I have to, all right, I got to brush my, my hands off here, roll up my sleeves and get into a story that came out last week that I've been meaning to get to. Um, it is uh, of, of paramount importance, uh, and it is being completely missed by all the media. You will not hear about this virtually anywhere else, particularly not within the context that I will go through this with you. Now, of course, this hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Uh, this, is, uh, this story here is a legal story. And I'll get into it. Let me I'll give you what the background of it is. John Eastman, somebody I actually know personally. Uh, he was a law professor at Chapman University School of Law. Now the Fowler School of Law. This is the law school that I went to. I knew uh, John when he taught there. I was a student there. Uh, he was never a professor of mine, but I've I've interacted with him on a number of occasions and uh, all around a, a nice guy. Of course, John Eastman, if you are in the political know, know that he was uh, one of the attorneys, the lead attorneys that was assisting Donald Trump in the last hours of the Trump presidency fighting against the election outcome and seeking to challenge uh, the results in a number of different states, including uh, particularly with the Electoral College. So John Eastman, John Eastman is a brilliant law professor. Uh, and I, you know, he's a conservative guy, and he now is facing disciplinary charges by the California State Bar. Now, I, look, if you're a lawyer, you understand what this means. I'm going to take a moment to explain why this is a big deal. But the context for this is it is yet another example of how uh, people in power who do not like Trump are seeking to go after and destroy every single person that in any way, shape, or form was close, affiliated with, or otherwise in the camp of Donald J. Trump. So I'm a lawyer here in Las Vegas, have an office in uh, California as well, uh, in order to practice law anywhere, uh, Nevada, California, any state, you have to be admitted to the bar in the state that you're in. Now, this bar is not, not the typical bar. It will serve any uh, good drinks in it. This is the, a bar It refers to a physical barrier separating in a courtroom uh, the observers, right, the lay people, from the folks actually prosecuting and defending uh, a case and the judge. So that refers to that. You've seen it in courtrooms. That's what the bar is. The bar associations are uh, state-affiliated entities in each state that uh, will license and, uh, I guess, you know, kind of discipline and, and maintain lawyers that are within their jurisdiction. We have a state bar here in Nevada. There's a state bar in California. So the state bar in California where John Eastman is a lawyer 
filed multiple disciplinary counts seeking his disbarment. For the average lawyer, I don't know if necessarily this is the case for Eastman because he's a professor. Nonetheless, he is somebody who uh, could and has practiced law and made money practicing bar. Taking away their livelihood is a huge deal. This is a big thing. Imagine this being something like a medical board. I mean, not something like, almost exactly the kind of thing as when a medical board decides to take away a medical license of a physician. Or perhaps, let's say you're a truck driver and your commercial uh, trucking license that you are a holder of, that the DOT wants to take that away from you. It is something along those lines. So if you are a, in a profession, physical therapist, chiropractor, whatever it is, if you're in a profession where you're required to have a license, the, the uh, confiscation of that license is, is professional death. Now, they're seeking to take his license away, and I've got the press release that the California State Bar put out uh, the reason they're taking away his charges is no, his, his license, the charge that they're pursuing is nothing short of extraordinary. According to the chief trial counsel for the California State Bar, George Cardona, he said that the 11 charges arise from allegations that Eastman engaged in a course of conduct to plan, to promote, and assist then-President Trump in executing a strategy unsupported, now this is important here, folks, unsupported by facts or law to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 presidential election. So, you had uh, John Eastman representing his client, being a zealous advocate, which we as lawyers are required to be, seeking to raise questions that it depends on your opinion, but in the opinion of a lot of people, the questions raised about the election were appropriate, were reasonable, and perhaps even legitimate. Quote, according again to the head trial counsel, the kind of the chief prosecutor for the State Bar in California, there's nothing more sacrosanct to our American democracy than free and fair elections and the peaceful transfer of power, close quote. So here's the question I have, my friends. Let's for a minute consider all the different attorneys that were working in cahoots with the Democratic Party who tried for four years to kick out of office a legitimately elected president, Donald J. Trump, who lied, who cheated, who conspired with frauds and felons to pursue absolutely bogus charges against Trump. Let's, for example, suppose I throw out there the entire uh, matter of Russia collusion. If the chief trial counsel in California, George Cardona, thinks that you should disbar a lawyer 
for promoting and executing a strategy that's not supported by fact or law, I have some names for you. So remember, a lot of the FBI agents that were working on this, including, including I believe, Peter Strzok, Norma Eisen, who was the White House ethics chief, Barry Burke, Perry Applebaum, Aaron Hiller. And you don't know any of these names. These are all people that were working behind the scenes, advancing this bogus case to literally boot out of office. A duly elected president, somebody that you and I voted for. And they conspired with each other. And we know this now because all of this has come out, even the uh, oversight uh, folks over at the FBI have come out with this scathing report about the extent to which all of these folks colluded and, and passed around total garbage knowing it was false. They made representations in court. They testified under oath. They lied. All of these people ought to be tossed out of their jobs, ought to be disbarred, ought to be... I eliminated from civil society as best as I, I can express it. But they're not. Because in this world that we exist in, in this crazy, insane parallel universe that somehow we found ourselves in, what do we have? We have terms and rules that are dictated by the Democratic Party. We have terms and rules that are dictated by the left. If you're anti-Trump, whatever your means are, they're fine. Because the ends, what I mean by the ends, of course, getting rid of Trump at whatever cost, the ends justify the means. And this was openly discussed amongst these people. On Adam Schiff's team alone, there were at least five licensed lawyers, Dan Goldman, Dan Noble, Patrick Fallon, who was a 25-year FBI veteran. These people lied and lied and lied. And there has been no justice. I'll tell you why conservatives, even intelligent, sophisticated, aware, worldly folks like you and I, have it up to our gills with these clowns is because they are willing to go scorched earth. The other side will go scorched earth on us. They have no shame. They will go after our livelihoods. They'll go after a guy like John Eastman and seek to disbar him, a constitutional law professor, because he dared take the side of Donald Trump. I can give you for every John Eastman a hundred names on the other side of people that are lying scum. And if you listen to this program, you know I'm not somebody that throws those kind of words around lightly. Some of these professionals that I named are garbage and the rest, the rest are just lying idiots. But whether you lie, whether you cheat, whether you steal, if you, you know me and, and, and my sense of what the legal profession ought to be, I, I'm looking at what John Eastman, John Eastman had a client and he represented his client as best as he could given the circumstances. 
To think of him as somebody that ought to be disbarred to me is just beyond the pale. This is a huge story. And this, what they're doing to Eastman, they want to do to all people that were in any way backing Trump. And, of course, you, I mean, you've seen how Trump's inner circle has been decimated by zealous prosecutions. I mean, look, some of them on legitimate charges, nonetheless, when the Biden people don't get prosecuted, when the Obama people don't get prosecuted, when the Hillary people, including Hillary herself, don't get prosecuted, but every misstep on the Trump side gets pursued to the nth degree, that is wrong. It is selective prosecution, it is BS, and it is un-American. And it ought to make you upset. All right, uh, I got wow, a few couple more things about this. I need to talk, of course, also uh, about uh, Tyree Nichols. The, 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 this, the reactions continue to compound uh, media reacting, of course, to this uh, atrocious beating death in, in, in uh, Memphis uh, of um, Tyree Nichols. Uh, this happened on the 7th. Uh, he passed away on January 10th. If you listened to yesterday's program, of course, I had some harsh words, some of which I got a bit of flack for. And the others, I think, have now been are getting backed up by some folks. I'll explain what I mean by that when I return. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky here on News Talk 840 KXNT. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Hi, welcome back. Sam Rajovsky here on News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234, because you deserve lawyers that share your values. Uh, Speaking of lawyers that do not share your values, Lisa Page, remember her, the FBI lawyer, whose text with her lover, Peter Strzok, who was an FBI agent investigating Trump, were made public. The two of them conspired to set Trump up. Guess who? Guess who is still a practicing lawyer? (laughs) That's right. Lisa Page. Yeah. Nobody's moved to disbar her. Nobody's tossed her out of the profession. You can get away with it as long as you're on the, well, I'm not going to say the right side of things, the left side of things. Because the establishment power structure is, in most states, completely run by dogmatic Democrats. Uh, I'm going to tell you this uh, certainly is the case with the California State Bar. By the way, California State Bar is the same organization that for 30 years took a blind eye to Tom Girardi stealing tens upon tens of millions of dollars from his clients. They did nothing. In fact, they accepted junkets, the state bar executives and judges accepted junkets, parties, lavish gifts bestowed on them by someone who at the same time was getting bar complaint upon bar complaint by poor 
oftentimes foreign injury victims who had trusted Girardi with their cases, with their livelihoods, with everything. Meanwhile, he was stealing all of that and paying for his bimbo wife to be on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You can't write this stuff. So now the State Bar in California, if you missed the last segment, is going after John Eastman, former law professor at Chapman Law in Orange, California, who uh, briefly uh, was representing Donald J. Trump when Trump was president, end stage of the presidency to challenge the election results. You can't do that, cannot represent Trump because you know that's hashtag subversion of democracy. Never mind the hundred or so Democrat lawyers that assisted the FBI, the Department of Justice, the House prosecutors during the impeachment proceedings who lied, who lied and lied and lied over and over again just to get Trump out of office. You want to talk about subverting democracy? I would think subverting democracy, and I say this as a lawyer, (laughs) would be to pursue false charges against a sitting president in order to have him removed from office. I mean, what am I missing here? So that's what I think about that. And it's a big story. Nobody's talking about it, but it is huge. And we have to understand how these cards are stacked against us, folks. Whether you like Trump now or don't, whether you want to see him reelected or not, this is unacceptable because of the same tactics that they used to, to get at Trump, they'll use against the next Republican president that dares go off reservation. Play ball, do things the way we tell you to, and everything's good. Remember that great quote, Robbie, we've, we've played this, I don't know how many times on the program. Chuck Schumer, who now is the Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer saying, ooh, you know, Trump, ah, this was back in 2017. Ooh, I wouldn't speak out against the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't speak out against the intel folks, you know, the CIA and such FBI. I wouldn't speak out against those intelligence agencies, you know, because they've got seven ways. This was a direct quote. They've got seven ways to Sunday to get back at you. And I'll tell you, the people that we want representing us in Washington, whether it's a congressman, senator, president, I don't know about you, but I want somebody representing me that is okay and brave enough, right? Comfortable with taking on the establishment, taking on the CIA, taking on the crooks at the FBI. I mean, I'm a licensed California uh, California lawyer and I represent, you know, I'm an injury lawyer here in town and I, I represent, I have quite a lot of clients in California because you know, frankly, a lot of people here from Vegas go to California and get hurt and need help and I have an office in Newport Beach and I, I, I represent a lot of a lot of people that are that are mostly Nevadans, but some Californians who get hurt down in California. My California license is valuable to me. I you know, I know a lot of lawyers in California, in Nevada that will not speak out against their bar association because they they frankly fear that they're going to they're going to get hurt. Well, they're, you know, suddenly an investigation will get opened. Now, folks, we 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 gotta we, we gotta get we gotta 
you know, grow some backbone here. We've got to fight against this. It's really, really important. And so this isn't a, you know, a pro-Trump thing or anti-Trump thing or whoever your candidate, but this is just unacceptable. Singling out a lawyer for representing a former President Trump because, you know, he took a position on behalf of his client to me is reprehensible, especially in light of all the people on the left who did so many terrible things and got away with it. All right, friends, I got to run here. We're up against the clock. When we come back, Memphis cops charged in the Tyree Nichols murder. Lacks hiring standards? Yeah, you think? I'll explain when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. This is fun, folks. Always enjoyable being with you. By the way, starting next week, yes, Monday, I will be here an extra hour, uh, 1 to 3 p.m. News Talk 840 KXNT, The What's Right Show, is doubling in size. That's right. If you could not, uh, if you were not satisfied with just one hour of Sam, you now will have two of Nevada's favorite, favorite recovering ex-Californian, all right. Yesterday, I said something controversial, uh, which, of course, if you follow the program, doesn't necessarily happen just once in a while. It uh, happens on a fairly regular basis. A number of you wrote me yesterday, both supporting and, one might say, opposing my position that I took. By the way, you can always reach me at Sam at Sam and Ash. Law.com. Sam at samandashlaw.com. And on, well, what do I have? Instagram and Twitter. What's Right Sam is my personal account. And then What's Right Show is the, uh, is the show uh, social media accounts. All right. Uh, yesterday, I had a lot to say about Tyra Nichols. Like many of you, I watched the video and was beside myself over how disgusting and vile uh, that uh, video was. I mentioned yesterday, of course, that these fat, five, stunningly unprofessional cops, who I'm not even sure how they passed a physical exam, let alone, right, let alone any kind of basic competency. They were incoherent in basic English skills, completely out of shape, were huffing and puffing, chasing a guy a block. One guy, one cop dropped his gun. Five cops couldn't restrain one guy. And then, of course, they, they beat him to death. You know, getting to the most important part last. But there was a lot that occurred in that video beyond just the brute use of violence that I took issue with. And one of the things that I said yesterday was, well, you know, I wonder to what extent relaxed standards contributed to this incident. What I meant by that, of course, is uh, policing ought to be something that we try to recruit the best of the best for. And that's because when you give an officer a gun, a taser, pepper spray, but most importantly, the power to arrest 
and to detain. You kind of want people in that job that know what they're doing. You want people doing that type of work who are responsible, who are intelligent, who know how to de-escalate. You know everything I'm saying here is wise and true. By the way, it's completely non-political. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a fact. I don't, I literally know of no one who would argue to the contrary. So then you have to work backwards and you go, well, okay, if that's the officer that we want, how do we get there? Now, if you talk to a unionized, union thinking left-wing person, they're gonna say, well, you gotta pay them, Sam, you gotta give them money. It's all about the money, you gotta give them the money. You can't expect good people and not pay them, okay. The job has some perks, right? Money isn't everything. My next question to you is, let's say it pays okay. It's not the best paying police job out there. It's not the worst. You're working for a department like, for example, Memphis. Now, let me take this a step back now. Suppose for a minute that you are looking to join a police force or you're at, in a job, in a policing job, and you are post-Summer of George. You are in the throes of the BLM movement. Does that make your job easier? Does that make it more prestigious? Before all of that went down, you were doing your job. You were taking shots, bullets, threat to your life out there, bad guys running amok, and what? You were getting paid for it. Now, you're doing all of that. But on top of it, there are two very important differences that followed the uh, explosion of BLM. One, everyone is going around calling you a pig. You're a police officer. They're talking down to you, telling you how awful you are, attacking you. How many cops, by the way, have been assassinated, broad daylight, by thugs emboldened by this race-mongering agenda from the BLM crowd and others. What I'm getting at is the movement, right? The purported make things better movement has made things a lot worse. Now, Matthew Sadaka, writing for the New York Post, Last night dropped a very important article. Memphis cops charged in Tyree Nichols murder hired after PD in Memphis relaxed job requirements. Following August 2020, recruits, quote, no longer needed an associate's degree or 54 college credit hours to join the force and could get by with five years of work experience. You could work at a Wendy's. And no knock on Wendy's, but you can work at a Wendy's, okay? And um, if you worked there for five years, you know, qualified for work experience to be on the Memphis Police Department. By the way, judging by at least a couple of the officers that beat Tyree Nichols to death, um, I think they've spent a lot of time in a Wendy's, if you catch my drift. Quote, and this is by Matthew Sadaka writing for the New York Post, quote, loosening the required qualifications 
however, means that the department is ultimately getting less desirable job candidates. They're desperate. They want police officers. They're getting, they're going through it. They're checking off some boxes. Okay, they're good enough. Get them on. Now, another part of this, of course, is that they're looking for diversity. They want departments that are diverse. Now, when it comes to diversity, I've always made it very clear that I think diversity is a fool's errand. I, in any organization, want the most qualified people in that organization. I don't give a rat's rear end what they look like. And I have said this time and time again, the antidote to racism, if you really want to fix this, right, if you want to move to a post-racial uh, society, the antidote to racism is an absolute meritocracy. People need to rise and fall on their merit. Now, when it comes to merit, or when it comes to people being in their jobs who have no business being in it, for example, I don't know, should I, do I dare throw President Biden's spokesperson under the bus, Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre? She has no business being in that job. She's in that job because she is a person of color and a lesbian. I said it. There it is. You think of another reason why she's in that job? She's certainly not good at it. She can't even keep her lies straight. She doesn't even know. She can only read from a binder, okay, if that. And that is an example there in a job that is not life and death. Can I throw out a life and death jobs besides, of course, being a police officer? How about doctors? When you're being operated on, when you're having open heart surgery, and let's just suppose for a minute, that that open heart that's being operated on is a bleeding heart. You are a, uh, you are a, a liberal uh, of, the, of the highest order. But in that moment, see, you're not thinking about your pro-choice positions. You're thinking about your pro-life positions, your life. <laughs> you're very pro your life. You wanna survive that procedure and come out of it better. Am I right? I would think so. The will to live is strong with all of us for the most part, right? So you go into that surgery. Do you care that your surgeon is the most diverse candidate that your, his or her medical school ever had in the history of its existence? Or do you care that he's the best gosh damn surgeon there is? What about your pilot? What do you want from your pilot? You, you want to get on the plane and go, boy, I just took a peek in that cockpit. They are so diverse. Man, I love it. There's a, there's a, a woman in there and there's some kind of a transsexual who's striped. This is fabulous. Or do you look in the cockpit and go, you know what? I just, I really hope that those two human beings flying this airplane know what the hell they're doing because I got to, I have kids to come home to. Again, the antidote to racism is meritocracy. Meritocracy erases the subject of race from the equation. And the more we do that over and over again, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, eventually we're looking at people based on what they are capable of doing and not based on what they look like. And friends, we've got to get there. This is, I, I, I think this is the fight. 
that as Americans we 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 have to we have to win and prevail in. And just as Jesse Jackson and all the other racial antagonists that I grew up with, the 80s and 90s, Al Sharpton and the others, the homeless advocates, the gay rights, uh, you know, warriors, you know, they don't want equality. They want promotion and special privilege, and they want strife and and. In the case of homelessness, they want more homelessness because the more homelessness they have, the more power economically and politically they wield. This is the dirty truth of it all. And we have to get real about it. Yeah, you want a post-racial society, do away with any references to race. By the way, hoping that the Supreme Court strikes down some of these affirmative action programs that are in universities and, and that we get to this. I got to take a quick time out, folks. Uh, pardon my passion here, but I, I, I think this is just so important. If you disagree with me, I want to hear from you. Sam at samandashlaw.com. I'm here live and local. Send me an email right now during the break, and I will respond to it on air uh, when I come back, don't go anywhere. You're listening to the What's Right Show, Sam Rajovsky, here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Greetings, friends. Welcome back. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Uh, I appreciate your emails. I actually got a couple of them here. Uh, one email uh, uh, from Joe. Joe, listen, I'm. Um, I realize I might be sounding a little bit pessimistic, this show. I'm not a pessimist. This is not who I am. The What's Right show is a source, ought to be a source of encouragement. And I I think, by the way, when we're talking about getting to a post-racial society and we're talking about what just occurred in Memphis, uh, this terrible beating death of Tyree Nichols, the fact that stories are now coming out in in major news outlets about how hey look maybe these cops weren't qualified maybe these fat out of shape uh, grammatically challenged uh, bullies who it seemed at least based on what we all saw perhaps killed a guy right. I say perhaps because we have to wait for some of the evidence to come in. I'm just this is the lawyer talking. The fact that now it's being talked about, we're we're getting at the source of this, and we're discussing the 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 effects of affirmative action, the effects of equity hiring in the place of meritocracy. All is a, a bit of good news. I also, though, unrelated to the story, let me just get to this quickly because this came out. This was. A bit of news yesterday. Do you remember, and it's good news, it's good news, folks. Do you remember uh, Mark Houck? He was the guy who has a nonprofit group. He counsels women outside of abortion clinics in Pennsylvania. He was engaged in some sidewalk counseling when he, uh, well, he had a crazy abortion fanatic get in the face of his kid. He stepped in between, pushed the guy away. The guy fell on the ground and immediately 
began calling personal injury lawyers. Just kidding. He probably would have called my, my competitors because if he had called me, I'd have told him to go pound sand on this. Not a real case. But he gets hurt and he, and he go, takes it to the local prosecutor. Local prosecutor's like, you don't have a case. I'm not pursuing criminal charges. Take it, takes it to the Biden Department of Justice who end up arresting. And you remember, we covered it here on the program. Robbie, you remember this. The, the, Mark Houck is just this like Catholic guy with a bunch of kids at home, totally nice guy. And the FBI shows up with a SWAT team to arrest him. His wife describes it as a, like, I mean, they were going after, it was like a scene out of one of those cartel TV shows. Narcos, yeah. I mean, they were chasing down Pablo Escobar. Because that's what the FBI is. The Department of Justice and the FBI are armed, crazed left-wing thugs in how they operate. Let me tell you. So it went after him. Here's the news. I'll skip to the end. He was just found not guilty. The jury didn't buy any of it. Tossed the case. So that's a big L there for uh, for the Justice Department. Acquitted of all federal charges. By the way, you're not going to see that front page news, are you? Didn't get mentioned anywhere. Now, the problem here is this FACE Act. This is a, an act passed by Congress that provides all sorts of federal protections to people in and around abortion clinics. It doesn't provide any protection, though, to counter protesters. It doesn't provide any protection for people who are pro-life. It just protects people who are there seeking to uh, get an abortion and terminate the life of their, of their, of their child. So this is, um, uh, you know, ultimately the law has to change. This has to be fixed. And yet another thing for uh, this Congress uh, to take care of. But I wanted to pass that along because that's an that's a, uh, important bit of news. Well, I, I, don't, I, I have this. I was gonna, we're, we're going to need more time. This is where, by the way, folks, two hours starting on Monday, two hours, 1 to 3 p.m. here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Uh, uh, and, of course, the podcast, too. You can find us on uh, the uh, Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. The What's Right show uh, is there uh, for your 24-7 uh, sanity lifeline, as I describe it. But I just want to round out this. Honestly, folks, we, we have to get, we have to, uh, we have to move beyond the racialization of every issue. We cannot simply uh, make everything about race. By the way, D.L. Hewley, you know, yesterday, last night, he said that the uh, the cops only got arrested because they're black. If they were white, they would have gotten arrested right away. Listen to it's this. It's just interesting because they did get arrested fast. And I, I just, these cops got arrested so fast. I got to wonder why did, oh, I, I, there's something about them. <laughs> that looks fast arrest worthy. Like I. <laughs> I can't put my finger on it. Saying that, of course, they got arrested quickly because the officers were black. No, because it was blatantly egregious. I understand. Look, I understand it took a little bit. Uh, well, how long did it take? Uh, how many days did it take for Derek Chauvin to be arrested? 
after George Floyd. It, it, but it, there was, look, the, the, this was, the, this was, this was so egregious and obvious of what it was. So turning it around and saying that these guys were arrested, oh, so sometimes officers not arrested fast enough, and then they're arrested too quickly. Here's Eric Adams talking about this on Don Lemon. And Eric Adams, of course, is the former police officer, is now the mayor of New York City. Chief C.J. Davis, when in my interview with her, she said that all the officers being black, it takes race off the table. Do you agree with that? Uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, I think that I understand what... Uh, the chief was saying, but I think uh, race is still on the table uh, when a culture of policing historically has treated uh, those from different groups differently, uh, even when the individuals are from that same group, that culture can still exist. Okay, this is right. I'll tell you how race is a part of this. Race is a part of this that in the uh, pursuit of making police departments more diverse, in the pursuit of more candidates with difficulty hiring people because policing has been ridiculed, mocked, become pejorative. Now, yeah, race plays a role in this. It's resulting in, in cops that are just not as qualified as they ought to be across the board, white, black, or other. Sam Rajofsky, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll see you then.